Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Adjusting to Life podcast, where inspiration comes to life. I'm your host, Dr. Lerona Gore, and today my special guest is Miss Kira Trapp from Greensboro, North Carolina. She is a natural hairstylist and the owner of the Make Me Whole Wellness Center. Miss Trapp, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You can call me Kira. Glad to have you as my guest today. Yes, so, thank you. I'm honored. And so you are a recent breast cancer survivor um, that is determined to live life to the fullest. And I say that because I've heard a little bit about your story, but I think once everyone hears your um, testimony, they'll understand why I said that. So if you could just um, tell us how and when did you find out um, that you had cancer? Sure. So we will go back to I was um 46 years old uh, mm-hmm. which was two years ago when I first got diagnosed in December of 2020 I noticed that I had a lump in my right breast and um you know just doing routine in the shower breast mm-hmm. exam because um, that was just a part of you know you do it every now and then but you never expect to really find something there. So when I did, I didn't really get alarmed at first because it is common sometimes to get um, cysts or if you have cystic breath during your menstrual cycles, it it was kind of like a common thing. So um, I didn't get alarmed, but I did remember to go back and check in January after Mm -hmm. my cycle um, Mm -hmm. and it was still there. So um, it had. I didn't notice a change, and I thought, well, I will give this a little more time because, you know, sometimes if you get a cyst, it takes a little time after your hormones kind of settle down for it to go away. So I thought, I'll just wait on that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in um, February, it was not gone. So that's when I started to get a little bit of, uh, you know, had a little bit of an alarm. And I reached out to my doctor and I told them that, you know, what I found and they mm-hmm. set me up for a 3D mammogram. Okay. I think I had that 3D mammogram in March and um, I waited on the results and I got the results back and the mammogram was perfectly fine. They did not find anything. I got a letter in the mail and it said it was perfectly fine and to come back in a year. Okay. So I thought, okay, well, you know, so, you know, of course, if somebody tells you that you're feeling like, okay, well, maybe it's nothing to worry about. Right. But, but then um, in April, it just didn't sit well because now I felt this lump. It didn't, it didn't really change, mm-hmm. but it did um, feel just a little bit uncomfortable if I touched it, but not really. So it was just that in between. And so I decided that I would um, reach out to a new PCP. So, and when I, mm-hmm. so you sensed it. So even though you got the results back and said everything was fine, you still kind of sensed that something just wasn't right. I did. I felt like, you know, if this was just a regular cyst and if it was responding to hormones, I felt like it would 
dissipate or at least get smaller. Mm-hmm. And for me, I couldn't really feel the change. So I was very unsure. So I felt like even though the mammogram said I was good, mm-hmm. I just, it was just something inside of me to say, you know, you better have this checked. So I got a new PCT and um, I told her exactly what had happened. And so she went to my chart. She found the mammogram and she said, yeah, sure enough, this mammogram says everything was okay. So she did a breast exam and then she wasn't certain about what she felt. She said, but I tell you what, let's just go have another mammogram. And this time let us do, you know, we'll do a 3D, another 3D, but we'll do a diagnostic. And they use this thing called CAD. And I didn't know what that really meant, but it's like a computer uh, aided detection Mm -hmm. situation. And so I had that on a Wednesday and they did an ultrasound that same Wednesday and um, they also did a biopsy that same Wednesday because the ultrasound did show something and after they read it they weren't sure so they biopsied it on Wednesday and I think that was about May by the time this happened May the 12th is the day that I did all of these tests And so on May 17th, um, they called me in and they told me that, you know, they call you in the office and they have some nurses to sit down with you. And they say, yep, um, I'm sorry to tell you this, but it is cancer. And I said, okay, okay, well, just tell me what are we going to do about it? And from that day forward, the process starts and it starts immediately and mm-hmm. it starts so fast. You know, mm-hmm. they explain to you everything that it is. They explain to you the process of what's going to happen. You, you get a nurse, what they call a nurse navigator that kind of sticks with you throughout your process that you can call, that you could, you know, kind of depend on for questions. Mm-hmm. Um, that very day, I saw the surgical oncologist. I had to go do an MRI. I mean, that very same day, so many things happened, and it just went so fast from that day forward. Mm -hmm. So did you feel um, overwhelmed, or were you in, did you think in the back of your mind um, there was a possibility that it could be malignant or, or cancerous? You know, I really didn't have any thoughts of what what it was going to turn out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, when I found the lump, it was, to me, just a lump. You know, um, it did not – I'm not so sure if it registered with me. Because um, you so, – I'm sorry. So you had yeah. a history of cystic breast. I didn't, but my daughter has what they call fibroadenoma. And so she gets tumors, tumors in her breast, you Mm -hmm. know, frequently. And so, you know, I'm just thinking normally, you know, breast changes, you have Mm -hmm. breast changes during during your menses. So it wasn't an uncommon thing. So I didn't feel alarmed about it. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it was. Yeah. Okay. Versus if it was someone who didn't have that history they probably would have been a bit alarmed but because right. there's a bit of a history you kind of say oh it's just this kind of a you know 
this is normal nothing out of the ordinary for the most part right right and and i'm and i'm and i'm also kind of um i try to just deal with my now versus thinking Mm -hmm. about the what ifs so i didn't really get caught up in that and i just let it play out to be what it was because no matter what for me you know when she said okay it's cancer my first thoughts were okay this is the journey we on this is the journey we're gonna take okay that was my attitude at the time i just i i had no fear i had no mm-hmm. i just felt confident that if god allowed me to take this journey my confidence was in him yeah. to overcome the journey awesome awesome yeah So once you, um, so once you had the, you started the, the treatment. How did this affect your your family? Um, did you have a support group? Right, I have had the best, the absolute most amazing support that mm-hmm. one could ever have. Um, immediately, we're doing this process. You know, I I won't fail to mention because I want to make sure that people understand that you can be going through multiple things at the same time yes. and still be an overcomer and yes. still have faith and still press towards the mark of knowing that victory is still on your side. So at the in 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 May, I was separating from my husband. And five days after separation, I was living in a hotel. And five days wow. after that, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. So not only was I dealing with the diagnosis of breast cancer, I was dealing with, you know, being separated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just trusted and believed that when you're going through multiple things like that at the same time, there's got to be a reason. Yes. But there's also got to be purpose behind it. Right. So I just began to say, you know, God, I can't do any of this in my own strength, but I trust Mm -hmm. you to be God. I trust you to bring me through every bit of this, and I trust that I'm going to be fine. And that was my whole attitude. And people are, and and, you know, the lady in there, the nurse was looking at me and she was like, wow, you are just so calm. Mm -hmm. You're just so, you know, she said, normally when you say this to people, their their first response is, you know, they just break down in tears. And, you know, I was keeping my baby nephew that day because it was a Monday. I keep him every Monday. Mm-hmm. And when they told me that, they was like, well, do you want to have someone here with you? And I said, well, you know, um, I will have someone here with me um, to take care of the baby. But I'm OK because I'm going to mm-hmm. be fine. And mm-hmm. so I did call my son. And he came right up there right away with me. And most of it was because I had to go through so many other doctors in that same day. And I didn't want my nephew to feel uncomfortable. But, yes, after the diagnosis, I was given, um, they tell you what kind of cancer it is. And mm-hmm. breast can- there are so many different kinds of cancer, so many right. kinds of breast cancers. Um I had what they call invasive ductal ductal carcinoma, and it was a grade two. 
And I was like, well, what's a grade two? And the grade kind of determines how fast it grows. The stage is what people really want to know. Well, what stage was it in? But it was also in stage two. Mm -hmm. Um, This was uh, the cancer that was, um, it was, um, what is this? Um, The, um, the hormone positive cancer. Um, And so I had 25 or 26 rounds of radiation because this particular cancer did not respond to chemotherapy. So because the cancer was not round, but it was kind of stringy, Mm-hmm. And large, it took up a little bit of the space inside of the breast. So the <laughs> recommendation had was to have a mastectomy, a total right mastectomy. And so now that affected my family because that became a conversation because I mm-hmm. knew that if I had to have my breast removed, then I was going to be out of work, going to need some help getting, you know, being taken right. care of. But also in the same breath, I was going to need somewhere to live because I was in a hotel. So it was multiple facets of where do you go from here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up um, finding a a rental house um, 10 days before my surgery. And I moved in and I got prepared for surgery. I had the best family, the best children, the best Mm -hmm. sisters the best the best parents everybody was so accommodating they loved me they were mm-hmm. here every single day wonderful for the first 30 days they drained my tubes you know i didn't have to worry about a thing and so when you're going through something like that it is so important that you do have that kind of support Absolutely. and people that surround you that love you because that also makes it easier for you Absolutely. to get up every day yeah 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 i totally agree with that yeah so you are so you had the you had the mastectomy so a lot of times women just going through that process can be a a a bit of a a challenge um just going through that procedure Yeah, I think that it can be, I'm sorry, yes, it can be very challenging because a woman, you know, a woman kind of adorns her hair. She, Mm -hmm. you know, your personal appearance is something that is very important to you. And when you're talking about losing a body part, uh, a body part that pertains to a woman, um, I'm sure that people go through these feelings of, you know, what is that going to do to my intimate life, to my self-esteem, mm-hmm. to, um, but this was a conversation that I openly had with my family and my children mm-hmm. because I needed to hear their thoughts about um, what they thought about just my condition and, and my situation. And so we all agreed that the chances of leaving a breast with that much cancer in it, um, yeah. having a lump, having that lumpectomy just taking the cancer out, the doctor explains to you that when she's going in there to get the cancer, if one little tiny 
cell falls back into that breast. Mm-hmm. And that itty bitty particle of a cell can then go along and spread again. Replicate. And my yes. yes, it can. And so my chances, the percentages that she gave me was fifty fifty. And I thought fifty fifty. <laughs> No, girl, you can have this boob. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, no, you can take this because 50-50. Now, you know, had she said like 90-10 mm-hmm. or 80-20, I mm-hmm. might have considered a lumpectomy and the radiation and the medication, you mm-hmm. know. But when she said 50-50, I yeah, said that, no. that's pretty high. Yes. Yeah. And so I was okay with it. My family was okay with it. My children was like, yes, mama, we got you, mm-hmm. you know. And so it was just, you know, it was then that I said, yeah, I'm confident that even in losing a boob, you know, mm-hmm. even in losing mm-hmm. a breast, this is not going to dictate who I am, who my father is. What he has made me to be, you know, whether you have hair, whether you have your, you know, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't determine or dictate what your calling is and what's inside of you. Because I can still glorify him, glorify him, tell my story and allow my life to be a testimony of his healing, of his deliverance. Yeah. So it was a it was a big step. But I didn't allow, even when something so negative can be coming towards you, it just, Mm -hmm. it really does help when you can stay positive through your journey. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does. So at what point, um, you mentioned earlier that, um, that when you go through things, it's, it's for a purpose. At what point did you, feel like God was allowing you to go through so many things at the same time at what point did you realize okay this 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 is bigger than me yes I'm going through but I feel like it's not just for me it's 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 probably there's a purpose behind it yeah immediately when you start going through big to-dos like I was going through at that time Mm -hmm. you know your marriage on the rocks Five days later, you get diagnosed mm-hmm. with breast cancer. And then, you know, you have a big decision about removing a body part. And then you still got to yes. fight because right. you still got to get through your treatment plan. And That's you still right. got to get through your medications. And you still got to get through adjusting to what those things bring to your life. And there's a newness that happens for you because life, it's different now. It's not the same. Yes. Um, the um, estrogen receptor medications, they're called aerobotase inhibitors. When you begin to take those and when they begin to shut your ovaries down, because in this particular kind of cancer, the estrogen that your body make was feeding the cancer. Mm-hmm. And we learned during the process that this particular cancer was growing every 28 days. So they had to shut the ovaries Mm. down, put them Mm -hmm. to sleep. And so I get a shot in my tummy every single month. I take a pill every single day. And initially that medication treatment was rougher than the radiation treatment. 
Um, I was having a lot of aches and pains. My bones are stiff. My hips, my joints, everything was just so, I, I was moving around like, I'm 40, I was 46 at the time, but I was moving mm-hmm. around like I was 70 or 80 or 90. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hard to get up and down. I couldn't do a lot of the things that I used to do. And I was having hot flashes and hot flashes and hot flashes, but they were being induced by several different medications at the same mm-hmm. time. So life had become a little different. I couldn't get dressed. I lost the use of my right hand after I got um my my you know my implants and my you know it was just my children had to help me open things my family everybody they had to help me get my clothes on you know and one day it just became a little bit more than I could do that day because I couldn't get up some stairs at my job and I thought Mm -hmm. this might be worse than the actual cancer and so mm-hmm. I reached out to my nurse navigator, and that's when I said, hey, you know, I had a complaint through this process, you know, and I've been just taking it as it comes. But in order for me to go forward and have uh, the quality of life to sustain five to ten years on this medicine, this probably isn't mm-hmm. the right match for me. Right. Right. And that and that day when you have a good nurse navigator, when you have a good team of people mm-hmm. that are on your side, they will go to the bat for you. She got right on the phone. She called my oncologist. They changed the medicine that same day. I started a new medicine in the same category. Mm-hmm. And since then, um, it has been so much better. It has been so much better. Praise I God. still do have, yes, it's a, I'm, I'm telling you, I give him all the glory, honor, and yes, praise yes. because, honey, when you can't get up and get your clothes on and you can't open your, your milk in the morning and, mm-hmm. you know, you can't open your door to get in and out of your house because your joints are aching or stiff or, you mm-hmm. know, um, that's a different life than what you experienced Absolutely. before breast cancer. Absolutely. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was just, you know, and for that moment, I was like, ooh, this right here, you know. But at the same time, even though I was going through it, I knew. I always say my life is my testimony. Yes. So I knew it. I knew it. I knew that this was just a portion of mm-hmm. what I had to get through because there was a promise waiting on the other side of this. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. What is your um what is your favorite scripture? So what is that scripture that you that you hold on to that gets you My let's see. You have so many <laughs> scriptures. Well, yeah, I think my favorite <laughs> Oh yes, oh yes, definitely more than one. I right, think right. my favorite one though over everything is if I had to choose one, I'm probably gonna say it's gonna be First Corinthians. I believe it's nine and 27 if I'm not mistaken and I want to be sure 
Um, I don't want to, because it's, it's important that I get that, even that right. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. And what that scripture says is, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Mm -hmm. What that scripture reminds me of is, is that, you know, what it says to me is that, you know, along this journey, there's going to be a lot of training that has to happen. There's going to be a lot of fighting that takes place. And when you're in a fight and when you're training for a race, you know, you're running this race to get to the end for, you know, a greater prize. But while you're training through that process, you can't tell somebody else how to train and then you in the ring and you lose. So when you're in your, yes. So when you're in your process and you got to fight, you're going to tell your body what it's going to do. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of this, you're going to be able to testify that you are winning. You're going to be able to testify that God already got the victory and he gave you everything you needed to get to the end of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my favorite one. I love it. Love it. I love it. Yes. So let's talk about nutrition for a moment. Now I'm saying you own a, um, a wellness center. Um, what is your diet like and did it change post-cancer diagnosis or did you maintain, um, I would assume you maintain a pretty much healthy lifestyle prior to your diagnosis. Yeah, I think, um, about, let's see, probably seven years ago, um, I became vegan after Mm -hmm. trying, uh, you know, like pescatarian and vegetarian, I became plant-based. Um, probably about seven years ago, you know, a lot of people think that if you're eating plant-based and if you're vegan that, you know, it's more likely that you are not going to get a chronic diagnosis, you know, or or, or some kind of bad diagnosis. But um, I still eat plant-based to this day. Um, your appetite could change. Mine didn't really have a big change doing all this all these things that were going on mm-hmm. I still maintain that plant-based diet I did try I did have to increase my protein um I'm still working on that um mm-hmm. one of the big one of the bigger changes for me if I could talk about a challenge that's been one of my challenges is weight gain um okay I've gained about 20 20 to 25 pounds since my diagnosis and it's been one of my bigger struggles because when you think about your <clears throat> your your bones and your joints being stiff, achy, and painful, then I was getting up running five miles a day or four or five times a week before cancer. And when you're in that much pain or when you're in that much discomfort, it's really hard for you to get up. The medications make it so that you can't really sleep at night. So you feel 
really tired. So you have to really focus on eating healthier, uh, making better choices, less starches, more vegetables and fruit. Um, and even if you can't get up and run five miles, and even if you can't go to the gym five days a week like you used to, uh, when you can, you walk. Right. When you can, um, you stretch. When you can, because the stiffening of these joints, if you're not mindful of it, could leave you in a place after you're done with your treatment. You know, it could leave you in a really bad place of not being able to return to where you were before cancer. That is correct. Yeah. So my diet is still plant based to this day. Mm -hmm. um, I still watch it. I'm still um, having protein shakes to increase my protein. Um, still eating my vegetables, eating my fruit. And you, they really, they're really good about giving you a nutritionist. They help you. They talk to it. You know, people talk to you about having an alkaline, a more alkaline diet when you've been mm -hmm. a cancer survivor. And um, all of those things are really good. Um, but for me, I haven't had to make a whole lot of changes. Yeah, because it sounds like you were eating pretty healthy prior to. Yeah. And that that's mm -hmm. the thing that kind of it makes you a little uneasy because you're you're wondering like well why am I gaining weight I, I didn't change anything I'm you know but you also have to think that if you were hormonal before um, your treatment pulls all of that estrogen when your cancer is an estrogen positive kind of cancer they're swiping it away from you and so when you're you're, you're shutting down someone's ovaries, you're, pu you're pushing them into a menopausal state, then your body is going to be slow. Your, your metabolism yeah. slows down. You can't move around because you're aching all the time, but you do the best you can. So the activity level changes as well. Yeah, there's a lot of different factors that, that feed into that for sure. Right. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who they went through the cancer treatment and they're still experiencing side effects or they find themselves having to still take medication after the treatment is 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 over because at this point you're you're cancer free correct i'm cancer free by the okay. to the glory of god one of the mm -hmm. things about breast cancer and i don't i'm not sure where this lies for everybody but I never got a full body scan to say, okay, it's nowhere else. That never happened. Once they, you know, if they find cancer in just a particular place and mm -hmm. it has not moved into some of the organs like your lungs and your kidneys and you don't have any signs of that and it was just in your breast or just in your breast and maybe one lymph node or two or three, mm -hmm. um, once they remove the entire breast, they're removing the cancer. And so mm -hmm. they they help you to be at ease by saying, you know, if anything was left, the radiation is going to do this. Right. If anything is left, the chemo is going to do this. And so I am cancer free and I speak to the cancer. It is no Very longer sad. in my body. <laughs> so, yes, I am cancer free. And my advice to anybody who is still 
pressing through their process is to continue to press through it, to ask questions when you know that something is not sitting right with you, no matter what a test says to you. If it says it's fine, I would tell you to continue to advocate for yourself in every area of your life. Continue to let people know that this is your body. You know it better than anybody else. And fight for yourself. Um, Continue to push your way through. Have faith during your process. Lean on people when you need to lean on them. And trust God that if he allowed you to take this journey, he knew that you were fit for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, Miss Trapp, thank you for sharing your testimony. And I pray you continue to be encouraged as you encourage others with your testimony um, to not let their limitations stop them from living. This has just been awesome. Um, Do you have any last words that you'd like to share? I just want to tell you, thank you, Dr. Gore, for allowing me to have this opportunity. I pray that people who are suffering or people who are going through um, whatever your fight is, that you don't give up, that you don't lose hope, that you don't lose your faith, and that you will continue to fight knowing that there is glory on the other side of all of these things that we can make it we can make it amen amen yes well well said well said we couldn't have ended on a better note thank you miss Kira, for again sharing your testimony um and for being my guest on today i really appreciate it thank you for having me thank you for having me so much thank you so much i appreciate the opportunity and i pray blessings over everything that you have coming forward in your life thank you very much yes this concludes today's show i hope that it has left you encouraged and inspired please be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for the upcoming episode for another inspiration interview. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with a life-altering health condition and is in need of mental, emotional, and spiritual support, please visit ljgm.org to find out more about the Lorona Johnsonville Ministry Support Group, Miracles in Motion. The support you need is just a click or call away. We have an amazing team waiting to support you. Until the next time, be encouraged and never stop believing and just know that you are not Oh, yeah.